joy-centered leadership. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Hey, it's Nikki on Gut Plus Science, and we have another episode from a big heart in healthcare. Dr. Lee Galuska. We're highlighting key points of Dr. Galuska's career journey, creating joy-centered leadership and joyful employee experience. She has spent years in research and application, and we get to dig in and learn from her today. You'll feel her joy and passion. Let's go. Hey, it's Nikki, and we're back on our healthcare series of Gut Plus Science today. And I get to co-host with Michelle Doran from CCA, one of our healthcare co-host partners that many of you are getting used to. Michelle, I would love to turn it over to you to introduce our guest to kick things off. Thanks, Nikki. I'm really happy to introduce Dr. Lee Galuska. Dr. Galuska is a nurse leader with more than 30 years of experience in clinical, educational, and administrative roles. She is currently the Executive Director of Nursing Practice, Education, and Research in the UCLA Health Center for Nursing Excellence. She's also an adjunct faculty member of the UCLA School of Nursing. She's published widely and has presented on the subject of nursing leadership development and nurses' experiences with meaning and joy. Lee, influencing joy for employees is really core to your leadership practice. Tell us more about this. Well, thank you, Michelle. It's so great to be here today. I'm really happy to be able to share some thoughts about meaning and joy in healthcare work. But finding meaning and joy is so important for all employees, not just healthcare. There are two components that contribute to our well-being and can ultimately result in being able to flourish as people and professionals. They're generative. They fuel our fulfillment, our sense of accomplishment as we take on very challenging work. So meaning and joy contribute to our satisfaction at work, our engagement, important outcomes for our patients and our organizations. So in healthcare, experts first started to describe this about seven years ago, joy in work, and they were really thinking about transforming the healthcare system to produce better outcomes. And they recognized we can't produce those excellent outcomes unless we take care of people who are taking care of the patients. And so then that's when they first began to talk about the importance of healthcare workers finding joy in their work. So some colleagues and I decided Hmm, wonder what that looks like for nurses. And we started to do some studies across the country because very little had been published in this area. And what we learned was that joy in work for nurses is closely related to a sense of purpose and meaning in their work. And when people can see the positive impact they're making on others through that meaningful work, it brings them joy. So by joy, we're not talking about happiness, but that deeper gratification and fulfillment that you get when you're making a meaningful contribution and making a difference in the lives of other people. So as leaders, it's our role to work with others to create the conditions where people can experience meaningful work and joy, and we want to create healthy work environments where employees can flourish as people and professionals. So that's really where my leadership of, in this area has evolved. That's so fantastic. So you're the executive director of, of the Center for Nursing Excellence. Tell us more about this initiative and your role related to that. You had mentioned earlier that I oversee nursing practice, education, and research for the UCLA Health System, uh, about 6,000 nurses. So with my team, what we're doing is making sure that nurses are able to practice to the top of their licensure and education, and they have to keep current with the science as well as the art of nursing. And that's where this work comes in. 
we need to make sure that nurses are equipped with the knowledge and skill they need to make take the best care of patients based on the latest evidence. And through the research arm, uh, we are committed to developing the evidence if it's, it's not out there for us to discover. So in the Center for Nursing Excellence, we support translating leading-edge science into practice. But as I mentioned, we also embrace the art of nursing. And that means that nurses, through the formation of therapeutic relationships with patients and families, get to know them as individuals. And they tailor their care so they're doing what is important to that patient and family. And that's one of the things that brings nurses the greatest joy. It's getting to know the person as a person and doing the little things that are meaningful for them. And then when nurses can see the impact that this makes, whether they're little or big impacts, it brings them great joy. So in my role and in the center, we've worked to make sure nurses are equipped to provide excellent care. And that really means that we're able to produce great outcomes at UCLA Health. And then that we do that through leading edge science, as well as extraordinary compassion. And that's what brings me joy as a nurse leader is to have nurses, uh, to support nurses and being able to do that and to find joy in, in that work. That's wonderful. Lee, it is a pleasure to collaborate with you today. And I believe that meaningful work is the core of an ultimate experience for any person that works, right? Like the core of experiencing meaning in your work. So I just love what you're doing. I think we all would agree that employee experience in healthcare needs intervention. Many are working on it like you. And you know, you're working very hard on this and bringing lots of programs to play. And I'd love for you to just share more of the how, just to get a little bit deeper in how you are leading meaningful work in your work at UCLA Health. Uh, thanks, Nikki. That's a great question because it's not enough to just talk about it. We have to actually figure out ways to make it happen. And so some of the things that we're doing at UCLA are fairly practical and simple to implement. It's really sort of about that person-to-person connection. So One of the things we're focusing on right now is nurses' relationships with themselves and how can we support them in self-care. So making resources available at the times and places that they can easily access them. Um, We have lots of interventions um, that people can take advantage of at UCLA Health. We're very fortunate in that way. But sometimes it's overwhelming to try to wrap your head around, you know, what's going to help me? And so we're trying to bring them to those, all those interventions together in a way that's easy for nurses to access uh, programs for their physical health, for stress management, for mindfulness training, all the different kinds of things. And so we're working to align and coordinate the many activities and really help nurses to use them for their own well-being. And right now, as you mentioned earlier, it's something on everyone's minds. How can we create the conditions where people can take good care of themselves so that then they can do their best at work? We hear it in the media, in books and blogs, podcasts, <laughs> focusing on uh, meaning, focusing on joy, and what can we do for ourselves to manage our stress? And that's great, but it's really insufficient if we're going to add, put people right back in the conditions that have brought them stress in the first place and are contributing to burnout. So we need to do more. So one of the other things that we're working on is with individuals is their schedule. How do we make sure people have time to rest and recover and space to do that within the workday? And then that their schedules allow them sufficient time off in between to rest and to recover and to refill their cups with the kinds of things that they, they really enjoy doing and that bring them that work-life harmony. Because that's, it's really not about balance. It's both aspects of our lives working in harmony together. So leaders can help their teams do that, both individuals on their teams, but all teams as a whole to have schedules and support for the, these kinds of activities. The other thing that we're doing in the center plays a big role in this at UCLA is providing opportunities for professional growth and development, because that's another source that contributes to our well-being. 
In addition to that, we provide opportunities for employees to have voice and share decision making. Because when you feel like you are able to share your perspective and have your voice make a difference in the way we do things so that they can be more effective for patients and families and for uh, employees themselves, but it's a really important part of our well-being. So in the Center for Nursing Excellence and at UCLA, we provide lots of opportunities uh, for our nursing workforce to engage in these kinds of things beyond self-care that contribute to their individual well-being. The other thing I would say is that we're committed to moving beyond that individual level to make changes in our work environments because really healthy work environments are critical for employees to be able to then engage in meaningful work that will bring them joy. So lots of things getting in the way of that right now. And you know, we've seen what's called the great resignation and people leaving environments that don't support them to be able to do the work that they are called to do and that don't bring them joy. And so there's a lot of also in the popular press work on about toxic environments and how employees are leaving those versus staying in them. They're, they're making conscious choices now to find places that are going to allow them opportunities for meaning, enjoying their work. So we're working on initiatives to make our environments healthier. So environments that promote teamwork and really kind of that interdependence we have on each other. And that includes like team training, team building. It also takes training and communication because not everybody has strong communication skills that enable them to be an effective team member, to be able to give feedback, to be able to receive feedback, to provide support, to provide recognition. And then the other thing we're working on is our accountability structures, because it's all well and good to speak to what we expect of each other and how we claim to behave in our organizations. But if we don't hold ourselves accountable to those behavioral expectations and we don't as leaders hold our teams accountable to them, it doesn't support that end goal of our employees being healthy and finding meaning and joy in their work. So lots of things that we have to work on around workflow and process improvement are also important and, and things we're taking on right now. Also the use of technology to improve efficiency and reduce stressors because in healthcare, what we know is that part of what really stresses people out is the burden of documentation, the regulatory burden the burden of doing what the payers require in order to get paid. I mean, there are many, many things outside the control of the employees and the facilities that we've got to work. And there are things like that that we're working on at UCLA to employ technology to reduce some of that burden that our staff experience. So those are some of the things, some of the how that we have focused on at UCLA. And I think organizations really need to figure out for what's most pressing for them, what their employees need. And asking the employees themselves can be an effective way to find out what's going to make the most impactful difference and where do we begin to work on this. Yes, Lee, there's so much happening in, in what you're doing in your work. And it is, it just sounds so powerful and so meaningful. I'd love to dig in on really like this different systems. And, you know, in order for change to happen, we have to improve things at many different levels, like the individual level, the local level, the organizational level. Could you break down this concept for us and just your key learnings on how to improve these systems that all intersect to really sustain meaningful work? Oh, you're absolutely right, Nikki. We need to make changes at all those levels, individual team and local level within organizations or facilities, and also across the entire healthcare system, as I was sort of just alluding to. So we've begun to realize that interconnectedness, that interplay that things have across all of those levels. And in order to really have impactful change, we're going to have to really work in all of those levels simultaneously 
And so oftentimes organizations just go with, you know, let's just guide people to do some more self-care as individuals. And that should be good enough. It, we know now that the, the evidence shows it's insufficient. So speaking of resources, recently a national plan, you know, just this month was published by the National Academy of Medicine, uh, Science and Engineering, and it outlines the work that needs to be done at all those levels. And then the Surgeon General also just published a national advisory on building a thriving healthcare workforce, recognizing that we're reaching a point of crisis in the healthcare workforce and we need to do something about it in order to have a healthcare workforce for the future. You know, but with the current rates of burnout, people leaving the profession, as I mentioned, we have to act. And these reports, both the National Plan and the Surgeon General's Advisory, provide a call to action and a roadmap for us to follow for change. So let me give you a few examples. We already talked about the individual level and our responsibilities for ourselves, but also how leaders and organizations can help people with that. But at that local team or departmental level, it begins with strong, authentic leadership. Leadership is critical. It's important that leaders, just like we talked about nurses getting to know their patients as people so that they can do the little things for them, leaders need to get to know their people too. So, you know, that means asking good questions and really showing interest and genuinely listening. Why did people get into healthcare in the the first place? What brings them meaning? Hearing their stories. You know, storytelling is such a powerful way for nurses and leaders to connect and share the things that we have in common and that leaders can work on with their staff and finding opportunities to create more of those experiences. So that's a powerful thing that can be done by leaders at the local team and departmental level. And then having listened and working with the team, together you can co-create the conditions where the nurses and other team members have the time to spend on the things that are meaningful in their practice, meaningful to them, meaningful to their patients. And that includes finding time to be with people, finding time to be with the patients and the families, less time doing things that are non-value added. And I I mentioned a few of those earlier. Sometimes nurses feel like they spend more time with the computer documenting things than they do with the patient themselves or running after supplies and equipment or just documenting things that the regulatory folks require. So there are many, many things that we do that are kind of non-value added to both the nurse and the patient, but they're kind of necessary evils. But we need to find ways to reduce that burden so that people can spend the time doing things that are really meaningful. The other thing that leaders can do at that local and team level is to assure there are clear behavioral expectations and they're communicated. Everybody's clear about them. One of the things Renee Brown talks about is clear is kind. And when we're unclear, people don't necessarily know what the expectations are of them. And it's easy for them to not be able to follow through on those. So expectations set, communicated, and that everyone's held accountable, as I was mentioning earlier, and really held accountable for treating each other with respect and kindness. So it really creates the conditions for healthy teamwork. And that's essential so that people can feel comfortable speaking up, innovating, improving the quality of care together. Employees really need to feel like they're part of a team and that their colleagues are there to collaborate with them and to support them so everybody can do their best work. And that means feeling like you're valued and what you bring to the table, what you bring to patient care and outcomes is important and that everybody recognizes we can't do this by ourselves. We need to do it together. And that's how we get high-performing teams who can really produce the kinds of outcomes we're looking for for our patients. Lee, this is really fabulous and there's so much depth here. And that's where I wanna reference out maybe a few resources or a place to like guide people to go a little deeper. But I'd love if you just can um, help 
bring some clarity to some research models or philosophies that have really been kind of your guiding, your, your lighthouse, if you will, that guide your leadership practice most? Well, I think I really believe in Kuzis and Posner's work and their books are the, the leadership challenge. And well, they talk about five exemplary leadership practices that are, were consistent across all industries and all around the world in many, many, many studies that they did. But they talk about five things, model the way. So leaders who can actually model what they're talking about, walk the talk. Also inspiring a vision, a vision of the way things could be if we work well together. Challenging the status quo, right? Challenge the process is the third one. Enabling others to act. So that's what a lot of what I just talked about is leaders connecting with their people and enabling them to be part of the solution, part of the improvement process so that we can do it together. And then once we do that, encouraging the heart is the fifth practice, which is really providing meaningful recognition. And so that's a key leadership practice at that team and local level that's easy to do, doesn't require a lot of money to say thank you and to recognize people when they are really performing in a way that's consistent with what we all believe in, what our mission, our vision, our values, and really our all common commitment to taking the best care of patients and families. So there really is a lot that can be done there that's evidence-based. I think the other thing, person that I really appreciate her work is Brene Brown, and she talks about daring leadership behaviors, and many of those are in here too. So when we talk about that accountability process, she talks about soft front, strong back, and wild heart. So, so having that strong commitment to a set of standards that you know, we believe in that is best for our patients, but that soft front to be able to talk with people about it in such a way that they retain their dignity and they still feel valued, but they see their opportunity to improve. So you know, I think those are two leadership models that people could uh, seek that provide some guidance in really this authentic, caring, but daring leadership. Yes, I love the work of Brene Brown myself as well. Great stuff. Before I turn it back over to Michelle to talk a little bit about well-being, I would love to make sure that we do link out to wherever maybe we could find some of your your work, your team's work. We published several studies on joy and meaning in nursing practice in general, but also for critical care nurses, for managers. So really looking kind of at subpopulations of nurses. But as you mentioned earlier, and we talked about earlier, Many of these concepts are applicable well beyond nursing or other healthcare employees, but employees uh, everywhere want to be able to do, feel like they're doing meaningful work, they're making a meaningful contribution, making a difference for people. And when they see that impact, they can find joy. So I do think it's an important human, human dimension that we're talking about here, not just uh, healthcare. Yeah, great. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And Lee, you had also mentioned bringing more resources and easier access early when we got talking today. Michelle works in the well-being space with CCA and I think has a question for you before we head out into our lightning round that I'm going to turn over with regards to the work that she does. Thanks, Nikki. And thanks, Lee, for all this great information. I'm wondering, how do you see EAPs, Employee Assistance Programs, aiding in your efforts to help the team members thrive in their workplace and their relationship with their workplace? Well, at UCLA, you know, we see EAPs as a vital resource in our programs to support well-being for our, our employees. We've just put this new kind of far-reaching initiative together. It's called a Safer You, and originally designed to address the workplace violence that's happening in healthcare. And then in our society, I have to say, you know, more broadly, people are being exposed to more hate and civility 
and violence. So we put this initiative together and the EAP team is you know, our key members of this initiative, but we're really looking upstream at how are we establishing a culture that makes it less likely that th- these things are going to happen, whether they're colleague to colleague or patients, patients, visitors to care, healthcare workers, et cetera. So we're really looking at creating those healthy work environments, a strong uh, culture of uh, caring, respect, and teamwork. And then we know we want to have, when things inst- are very stressful in healthcare, people come to us when the worst things are happening to them in their lives. And so we know that there's potential for people to escalate. So we want to have early recognition systems and early response systems. But then we also have, when things do happen, we need to have the appropriate responses. And we have great security responses and those kinds of things. But what are the response systems that we have for caring for the people who've experienced an event in healthcare? And how do we take care of them or take care of a whole team that's maybe experienced something? And our EAP team has been invaluable in bringing that expertise to these improvement processes that we're building. And so we really have valued them and all that they are providing in terms of support for this really a well-being initiative as well as a safety initiative. Awesome. And Michelle, before we head over to our lightning round, let's make sure our listeners know what you all do at CCA because you're doing some amazing things, moving people forward for sure. Thank you, Nikki. Well, CCA is an employee assistance EAP and HR consulting company that's been in existence for more than 40 decades. I specifically work in their healthcare division. So we service multiple industries, but with respect to healthcare, we are really addressing the fact that EAPs are underutilized in the healthcare setting. And also there's a lot of stigma attached to accessing EAPs and there are a lot of barriers to nurses and members of the team reaching out for help when they need it. So some of the innovative things that we're working on at CCA is partnering with nurse leaders and expert subject matter experts in related topics such as resilience, suicide prevention, mindfulness, and creating programs specifically designed for healthcare. So we're really excited about that and also introducing innovative models that do address the access issues and the stigma issues associated with EAPs. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor message today, and then we'll be back to our lightning round where we've been mixing up some questions. So we're going to get to know Dr. Lee Galuska just a little bit better on the personal side as well. We'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science. It's Nikki, and I'm here with Michelle Doran from CCA, and Dr. Lee Galuska is our guest today. We've been learning so much, so, so, such a rich episode many key takeaways that I'll be summarizing here in just a moment, but we're going to do our lightning round. We've been mixing it up a little bit, but we do always start with our favorite book recommendation from our guests as this is a growing thing. I think we have over 300 of them on there now. So Lee, if you could pick any book, favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read, what would you pick to share with our listeners? Well, as I mentioned, Brene Brown earlier, she's one of my favorites. And her most recent book is Atlas of the Heart, which I'm still working on. But Dare to Lead is one I come back to again and again, and I think it's a great one for anyone who's in aspiring leadership role or already established leader. It's a great read. Yeah, I love that book as well. I love all her stuff. All right. And then this question, this seems really appropriate for you. 
What brings you the most joy in your life right now? Well, I love my work and I love the work I'm doing at UCLA uh, with nurses, but what brings me the most joy are my grandbabies. (laughs) I look forward to relocating to Connecticut shortly. We bought a house on a lake and right near where my grandchildren live. And I'm very, very excited about that. And they bring me great joy. Always a smile on my face when I'm with them. (laughs) Yes, that's so exciting. Congratulations for that uh, new change in your life and yeah, just living more in in your joy space. So, all right. So if you could teach anything, what would you choose to teach others? Well, I do love teaching about leadership and developing uh, new and emerging leaders. So that's my favorite. But when I'm not thinking about nursing and nursing leadership, I'm a quilter. And so I love teaching people about quilting and the richness it can bring to their lives. And so that's my other happy space. Yeah, wonderful. And Lee, how can our listeners stay connected with you or connect with you for those resources after the show? I think you said LinkedIn. LinkedIn would be great. Yeah. And that we can connect and I can provide some some resources and see if I can help others find meaning and joy in their work. Wonderful. We'll link out to your contact on LinkedIn in the show notes. Thanks, Michelle, for joining us on Gut Plus Science for our healthcare sub-series and being my great co-host today. And for Dr. Lee's Truth You Can Act On from this episode, here we go. Number one, meaning and joy are priority to create excellent outcomes in healthcare lead meaningful and joyful experiences for employees and watch people flourish at all levels. That's the core, the key from Dr. Galuska's perspective. And gosh, I couldn't agree more. Number two, make resources more available and more custom to the needs of your people. So asking questions, asking for feedback, doing surveys, really getting input to design the offerings that you have and share stories with how people in your organization are leveraging these things and really make them feel like customized to your organization as they should be custom to your organization. But such a great point. Number three, help your people have a voice and be heard. So what are the ways that you give your team members, whether it's confidential or, or not, give those people the opportunity to share their voice and then giving them feedback on you heard them. How many times do we ask for feedback and then we forget to go back and share thank you. And here's what I heard. So important to not only give them a platform to share their voice, but also make sure that they feel heard. Number four, model the way, inspire vision, challenge the status quo, and enable others to act and encourage them to really put their heart into it. Mm, Love all of this. Thank you so much for a very heartfelt, meaningful episode, which you can just see how it directly correlates to how people feel when they're at work and being led this way. Thanks again. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.